This is episode one of season three, Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, featuring Lisa Gautier from Matter of Trust. So I think it could be amazing. It could be a way that everybody in the public can contribute simply by having a haircut and can stimulate green jobs. Kids can pick up hair and fur from pet, pet groomers you know, after school in bags on their handlebars. It could be the new paper wrap. You're tuning in to Trash Talking with Eco Warriors, where women share inspiring stories about their careers in green business, sustainability, and conservation. Here's your host, Barbara Lee. Okay, Rebels, we're kicking off season three with one of the coolest ways you can turn that ridiculous quarantine hairdo of yours into a tool that can help fight the battle against polluted oceans. Today's small act of green rebellion is donating your hair to Matter of Trust. Founder and president Lisa Gautier is going to tell us how she came up with the concept of using your hair to prevent oil from entering the marine ecosystem. I can't think of a cooler way to fight ocean pollution than to chop off those locks, send them to a factory in San Francisco where it'll be made into a hair mat that absorbs oil. It's not quite like a sponge, but it is one that is extremely effective. Let's get trash talking. Hey, Lisa, welcome to Trash Talking. Thanks. Nice to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for being on all the way from the Bay Area. I would love it if you could tell our audience a little bit more about you and what it is that you do. Sure. My name's Lisa Gauthier. I'm the president and founder of matteroftrust.org. We started uh, uh, 1998, so um, 21 years now, and uh, we are an ecological public charity. Cool. Well, what does what does that mean to be an ecological public charity? Just like ecosystems, um, uh, eco is really it's the Greek word for home and environment. So um, Earth uh, is is part of that definition, and it's the study of how humanity uh, works within that system. It's really looking at sustainability, but also looking at, um, you know, how can we, uh, you know, benefit, but also how can we uh, be be good with the earth and harmonize with the earth. You know, that that's that's what we're all about. We really are very positive. We don't look at anything political. We don't look at anything negative. There's just so much good news out there and so many great innovations, uh, so much um, stuff that's very hopeful for youth, uh, you know, to get involved in uh, as far as the environmental movement is concerned. So, um, and there's really a lot of fantastic groups out there doing all of the hard work uh, that's more on the um, political side. So uh, our niche is, is to is to stay on the positive side. Yeah. Well, so the way that I heard about your organization um, that I would love for you to talk more about is uh, for people donating their hair um, to these ecological hair mats to help clean up oil spills. You want to talk more yeah. about this? Yes, so this is by far our most popular project. Um, we started that um, in the year 2000. There was a gentleman named Phil McCrory who was a hairstylist uh, in Huntsville, Alabama, and he had come up with the idea 
when he was shampooing a really oily head of hair uh, and watching the Exxon Valdez, um, which was a big oil spill in Alaska. Um, and he was watching it on CNN and he realized, oh my goodness, um, the otters in the water were collecting all this oil and mm-hmm. the water around them was a little bit cleaner. And then he realized that the head of hair that he was shampooing had collected a lot of oil. Then he realized that on the floor he had like all this hair um, from all these haircuts during the day. And he said, you know, I, I'm going to see if hair collects oil and if, if it's a resource that could be recycled. So we met up with him about 10 years after he had started and he was still a hairstylist, still was many, many years of his life. And he, um, uh, he and I partnered, uh, our charity said we'd be delighted to take on this project with him. And, and, um, ever since we've been working on how to get, uh, the 370,000 hair salons, um, and 200,000 pet groomers, uh, you know, in North America and, and also, um, just working with, with stylists all over the world, really usually depending on how many chairs a salon has, but they easily can cut a pound to two pounds of hair a day. Mm. And, um, you know, that's, that's a lot of renewable resource. Yeah. Well, I guess, okay. So first things first, um, I love the, how the concept started, walk us through like what happened. So there's hair cut at a salon um, what does that process look like for the hair to go from, you know, being on the ground of the salon to actually helping clean up the environment? What I like to say is you shampoo because hair collects oil. So hair is actually uh, not going into the hair like a sponge. It's actually coating the outside of the hair. And the reason that, you know, you see birds and otters and everything like that just coated in oil is because they have so much surface area from all their feathers and hair uh, on the outside of their body. And you actually have miles of hair, you know, on uh, (laughs) your head as well. And for us, there's so many components to this project, but one of the my favorite parts about this thing is that it's it's educational and, and it works, you know, with people uh, because um, everybody gets their hair cut. You know, some people get it every six weeks. People in the press tend to get it much more often. So um, we, we get a lot of press from this because their hairstylists are telling them about, <laughs> our, you know, where, the, where their hair is going. Um, but what's great is that these clippings, um, and we really stress this, it's really important for recycling, but these clippings are debris-free. It's just hair. We don't want cigarette butt or sandwich pieces or banana peels or pins or metal or anything else. We just want the hair. And that's the big thing about recycling is the most pure you have your um, food stock, the the more likely it'll be to get used, you know? And they say, oh, China isn't taking recycling anymore because there's more than 6% contamination from America. And it's like, well, you know, we're trying to get people to give us, you know, 100% debris-free hair. And the salons are just wonderful about that. And we, so anyway, so we get hair pet fur from, you know, salons, everything, even people take it out of their brushes and send it. And as long as it's 100% debris-free, we'll take it. And then we have um, a factory, a little model factory here in San Francisco that we've opened to the public so they can see. Uh, and at this place, we go through all the hair. Um, often it's just sent to us in the old boxes that they got shampoo in or whatever. Some people just, personal people, just cut off a ponytail and we'll send it to us just in an envelope with a little story. You know, that's sweet too. Um and then we run it through these machines uh, that are called felting machines. And um, they're needles that go up and down and, and uh, kind of basically make big, giant, flat dreadlocks, if you can imagine, <laughs> from the hair. Yeah. Cool. 
And then tell us more about like what happens from there. We actually found that the better way to, to get this renewable resource to be helping clean water is through storm drains. And 50% of um, the oil in our waterways actually comes from rain mixing with oil droplets on the street and going down into our gutters and then and getting into our waterways. And since that's such a huge amount, much larger than any of the other ways, including shipwrecks and, you know, um, accidents and things like that huh. uh we we decided that it would be much more efficient and more sustainable because we we want this to turn into a green business we're actually helping now people um set up felting stations in texas and in san diego and even in chile and in greece and athens greece and in france we want these all over the world we want people to just take these felting machines, take all their local hair and felt these mats and put them into storm drains or have them available for all kinds of little oil spills. Got it. Okay, super cool. Do you have statistics around like how much hair your organization has been sent over the years and how much it's helped remove from the environment? So um, I can I can say now that we know that a um, a 30 centimeter by 30 centimeter um, by one centimeter uh, mat or a, um, a one foot by one foot by one half inch mat um, weighs about five ounces. Hmm. And so um, and clothes. we get, uh, we, we don't, we weren't weighing everything. We know that we had during the BP oil spill, we know from records that we got over um, three quarters of a million pounds of hair and in wow. in four days at, at one point oh. um and i know and we were um we were inundated because it was uh, the bp oil spill was also um in april it was right around earth day so um we got a lot of press and also it was around shearing season and we get <laughs> a lot of waste fiber from uh alpaca um farms and llama farms and then um even um buffalo herds huh. so it's like there's a just a lot of fiber out there that that we think is going you know to waste that could be used for this and and um and the donors are so generous and there's they understand this more than anybody the the people with fiber the hair salons they know it because they just look in their garbage and it's like you know um it's just all this fiber and they're like this this should be used for something you know and so now they're they're setting up specific boxes that's not their garbage bins but specific boxes that are just for hair and they're like this is you know this should be put to use it's a renewable resource literally growing in front of our eyes so <laughs> yeah well you should probably explain what a felt machine is i'm i'm fairly familiar with it because they actually use this in um green fashion industries when they take recycled material and they have to make it into new material that can then be made into clothing they actually use a felter as well yeah i love felting so felting um actually is the first uh textile um it uh is basically um, it can either be done wet felting, which is, you know, um, which is really sort of how, how dreadlocks work, which is kind of like the sweat off your skin and the heat off your head <laughs> um, and the jostling of the fiber kind of just knot up um, into into a basically a big knot. Um, or it can be dry felting and, and dry felting comes from just the jostling and the electricity of the needles. Um, uh, and, and so you basically do a crisscross of fibers and push them through this uh, uh, machine that just has a whole bunch of needles um, 
jumping up and down and and uh and they have little jagged parts on them and your hair has little nooks and crannies on the hair and they all um just start to to knot and um and the way that it works is you just through rollers you just move this fiber through and it's all loose on one end and it goes through the through the needles and the rollers and on the other end it it uh is a a textile that is not easy to pull apart it's not all a bunch of pieces it's now it now looks like a sheet of something and the the harder it is to pull something apart it's called it has more integrity which i love that's a great word and so uh basically the more you put it through the machine the more integrity it has Wow, super. So we're looking for some people on the East Coast, um, around the Great Lakes. But really, there's, as I said, storm drains are in every city, and um, machinery is in every city. They can go into um, mats, uh, I'm sorry, into drip pans um, under fleets of school buses or, you know, UPS trucks or anything. So anybody who wants to to start this, all you really need is a garage. You need you need someplace to do it. You don't want to do it in your house. You don't want to do it near food. The, the fibers just fly everywhere. Um and you need a, a bit of room for storage uh, because you will start to get lots and lots of, of donated fiber and it starts to stack up and you want to keep it for a while. Last question for you, I guess. What made you so interested in working on this project? Well, we're fascinated by everything that is uh, renewable resources and natural abundance. So um, we really don't see a lot of scarcity in nature. In fact, we see too much in <laughs> everywhere you look. It's always in balance with nature. Like, where, you know, there's too much carbon in the air, but there's not enough carbon in the soil. So it all works out. But, um, but, uh, you know, when I hear about water, for example, I'm like, if you were an alien and you came to Earth and they said that, you know, there was a water scarcity problem, you'd be like, really? Because it looks like you have an enormous amount of water on this <laughs> planet, you know. So um, I'm always just fascinated by um, natural abundance and, and you know, how how can we be smart? about tapping into this and, and doing it because nature seems to be very smart. Nature seems to, to have very closed loop systems and lots and lots of intertwining cycles. And, and I think that, you know, um, humanity is very adaptable. We can, we can figure this out, but we do need to be smart about it. Yeah. So tell people where they can find you and follow you on social. Yes. Matteroftrust.org and all of our uh, social media icons are on there, as well as how to donate hair. It's very fast. It takes about 30 seconds now. Luckily, we've set it up. Uh, and you'll be hearing from us and getting an address of, of where to send your, send your ponytails. <laughs> so I think it could be amazing. It could be a way that everybody in the public can, um, can contribute simply by having a haircut and, um, and that um, it can stimulate green jobs. Uh, kids can pick up hair and fur from pet, pet groomers, you know, after school, in bags on their handlebars it could be the new paper route you know <laughs> it could it could be all kinds of things and and eventually maybe even the hair could become a commodity that people could actually the hair salons could get some money out of it or yeah. the or the fleece farmers could use their waste fleece and get some money out of it so um i think it could be amazing but right now we're very excited about how how finally finally we're able to um support the program and, and get felting machines out there and anybody who wants to do it anybody who wants to felt contact us. We're looking for more filters all the time. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being on the show. Oh, thank you so much. This is really great. Tune in again next week for another small step you can take towards fighting climate change. Stay green, Rebels.
Season 3 of Trash Talking with Eco Warriors is sponsored by Plain Products. Plain Products is a zero-waste personal care company that uses refillable aluminum bottles. Their shampoos, soaps, and oils are toxin-free and vegan, so they're good for you and good for the planet. Visit the link in the show notes or go to plainproducts.com, that's P-L-A-I-N-E products.com, and use promo code TRASHY20 to get 20% off your first order of zero-waste shampoos, conditioners, and hand sanitizer. Just for Season 3, all proceeds earned through this affiliate link and from advertisements will be donated directly to the Ocean Foundation Seagrass Grow Project. Seagrass Grow helps to plant and protect coastal wetlands and help individuals reduce their carbon footprint. By sharing this podcast to your friends and network, you'll be multiplying your work in the fight against climate change. So listen, share, and rate this podcast wherever you tune in. Thanks for talking dirty with us. Tune in next week for more Trash Talking with Eco Warriors. For more inspiration, follow us on Instagram at Trashy Beauty Code.